Welcome to this little show called Blind Like Me. My name is Phil Parr. You probably already knew that. I was just checking to see if I knew. It's an old joke, but I tell it well, don't I? Anyway, this edition of Blind Like Me, we're going to talk to to some folks from Salem, Oregon, who and, um, you are probably familiar with. Um, their names are Carol McCarl and Nolan Crabb, and we'll let you guess... Uh, what they do and who they are for just a few minutes. We are, um, I hope we're recording. We uh, had an interesting thing happen the other day. We are on, uh, we, well, actually, let me tell you what happened. We, my wife and I, Luann, were out of town, and a big thunderstorm of some sort came through the East Texas area where we are, and we got a lightning hit, a lightning strike. And I got to thinking, or I've been thinking a lot about it. The problem with all this is all I've been doing for the last few days is looking at equipment that doesn't work. Every time I, every time I, go, I say I want to look at the, let me, let me try this, well, it, the equipment doesn't work. So I've been fighting that the last, uh, the last two or three days. Just sort of FYI, this is Thursday, the 14th. Of uh, what? The 14th of, Ju- of August. 14th of August, 2003. And this lightning hit happened Monday, the 11th. And it's amazing what it did. It it was, uh, lightning comes and you think, well, lightning will come in one uh, one socket, one plug in your house. 
and it will take out the things on that circuit no wrong. I've been doing this. I've had a recording studio or a radio studio or some reasonable facsimile uh, thereof for 47 years. And uh, this is the first lightning strike I have ever sustained. You think, like I said, that it would come in one socket or it would come down your cable and it would take out that TV or would come in and take out a phone. This was very strange. It, my studio is in a separate building, I mean, actually separate uh, edifice than our house. It's all, they're all on the same property. They're, they're not that far apart physically. They're probably 30 feet apart, the two buildings. And it came in both buildings. It took out um, the board, my brand-new 32-in-8-out Mackie console that those of you who listen to Blind Andy Man know about. It took that out. It took out, oh, well, let's see, a DAT machine. It took out the finalizer. It took out um, just all kinds of things in the studio. I'm still finding stuff in the studio that, that doesn't work. My MFM tuner. It left the satellite receiver, one of the DAP machines, uh, a couple of the processors. Uh, it left several things, but it took several things. In the house, this is a different building, bear in mind. It took the stereo by my chair. It took my wife's computer upstairs, 40 feet away. It took my computer down the hall, which is about 40 feet away. It took out a deck talk synthesizer. It's just very strange how, how lightning, how, how it works. I've never had that happen before, and I've, I've always thought, bah humbug, you know? People have lightning arresters and and all kinds of things to prevent lightning. I always thought that you know that's not going to, but it, it happened, and so we're figuring uh, twelve to fifteen thousand dollars worth of, of equipment, uh, including all the computers, and um, that doesn't include the three or four days I've gone through looking for things. Anyway, enough feeling sorry for you. Anyway, that's what this reminds me of is. Remember radio stations, back when radio was a big deal in the AM stations, if you had, if they had a problem, they would, at the studios, they would operate from their transmitter site on inferior equipment. Well, that's what we're doing. I have this uh, old, really old six-channel mixer. Actually, with the effects returns, it's an eight-channel mixer. No, no, with the effects returns, let's see. With the effects returns, it's ten channels. And so we have that uh, here, and then we have a little Radio Shack uh, Excuse me, little Radio Shack mic mixer. And so we're operating on alternative equipment. And I hope we're recording. Uh, it would be nice if we were. I hope all this works. But we're broadcasting today from our transmitter site. Those of you who are radio nuts will understand what I'm talking about. We want to tell you a little bit about our cruise in just a few minutes. But why don't we get into our, our interview with, uh, have you figured out what Nolan Crabb and Carol McCall do yet? Do you know? Well, they're affiliated with Dialogue Magazine from Salem, Oregon. Here they are, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Blind Like Me. I'm Phil Parr, and we're visiting with a couple of folks in Salem, Oregon, both of whom you have read things they've written, but you may have never heard their voices. First, we'll introduce Carol McCarl. Carol, how are you? I'm just doing very well. Thank you, Phil. And Nolan Crabb is also with us. Hi. Glad to be with you. These people uh, have a thing called Dialogue Magazine that, I, that I'm sure most of you have read. If you haven't, you should be, don't you think? Absolutely. <laughs> if they haven't read it, they ought to be. Carol, let's, uh, let's start with you. Are, have you. are you totally blind? I have a little light perception, but I don't see objects. Just light perception, mm -hmm. which is better than nothing. Uh, 
Sort of. Sort of, yeah. Have you been uh, blind all your life? No, I had retinitis pigmentosa, so that was a gradual process. So you were able at one time to see what I think they, they call it, see perfect, see? Well, never perfect. No, yeah. I was always legally blind. I had tunnel oh, yeah. vision and the night blindness that goes with retinitis. Uh, but I had poor enough vision that I did attend a school for the blind and learned Braille when I was five years old. Well, we've had many discussions, and I've changed uh, opinions on this several times as to whether you're better off start out that way or or, or have it happen later. I've, I still don't know, and uh, I guess nobody else does. Anyway, uh, so what, at what age did this uh, did your almost total blindness occur? Well, I think it was, I don't know, it seems like... It must be about 30 years ago, and let's see, that make me sort of... Well, don't, don't give too much away. Don't, no, tell us, don't tell us too much. I'm not responsible for my birth. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I was in my yeah. 30s. And, and you, you, this just gradually came on, and uh, now you have only light perception. What did, you, uh, what did you do before you lost your eyesight, I mean, as far as a job is concerned? Oh, I've uh, been a teacher. I taught 35 years, and I... I started Blind Skills 20 years ago for, to publish magazines. Yeah, and um, I, I guess you and you, you went to, to a you said you went to a blind school. I did for my uh, grade school and high school. And yeah. and they they taught you the Braille system and a lot of other things at the Wisconsin School for the Visually Handicapped in Janesville, Wisconsin. How how did you find that? Did you enjoy the School for the Blind? Yes, I did, because of all the music and all of the extracurricular activities we could get involved in. Are you a musical person? Do you play music? Um, for my own enjoyment, yes. For your own enjoyment? Yes. Which means you never, you've never played professionally? No. Well, you haven't missed anything, trust me. Uh, and so you began, uh, you started a company on your own? You started a company to publish magazines? Or you, how did, how did all this, how did this come about? Blind Skills... Uh, was founded for the purpose of publishing a magazine which we called Life Prints. And that was to fill a gap which I noted when I was an itinerant teacher in four counties of Oregon, and I would be teaching blind children in the mainstream in that public school, and they were always the one blind student in the school. And I felt they didn't have any role models who were blind, nobody to... Uh, look up to. Yeah. And so I started the magazine Life Prints for the purpose of reaching uh, middle school, high school, and college students. And Blind Skills was founded to become a nonprofit. You had to do it that way since that's what we had to do was raise money to do the job. Well, yeah. Well, that's kind of what we plan when we get all these done, maybe 25 of them. We plan to offer them to school districts as a teaching aid to to show because I remember the, the the thing that terrified me most when I was a kid was what am I going to do? I'm 15 years old and totally blind. Who's going to want to employ me? And I want to dis, dispel that myth. It is it is uh, sometimes difficult, but it can be done as we've all proven. And that's the point that of our of the life prints was in each issue there were two career interviews uh, so that young people could know what blind people are doing for their livelihood, and that carries on in dialogue. We still insist upon having those careers right up front in the Dialogue magazine. 
Yeah, I, I see those every month. You have uh, stories about successful blind people. Um, and maybe we can you can share some of those with me, and we can get some interviews with them. So you started this magazine, and it was successful, less than successful. And how did it work? Well, it's been uh, successful in that it those people who are aware of it and read it really like it, and sometimes ask for particular back articles that they can use, especially if teachers or rehab folks. There are a couple who always rely on us when they find they have a client who has a particular interest. One most recent was somebody who was interested in photography. I was able to refer that person to former interviews, a couple of them that we've had for visually impaired photographers. So, um, yes, anybody who finds us, whether it was Life Prince or his dialogue, they're very loyal and, and are looking forward to the next issue. Okay, but, but Life Prince no longer exists, right? That's right. We combined Life Prince into Dialogue in uh, the fall of 95 because I was teaching full-time and publishing two magazines, and it seemed like um, it was time to let something give. So yeah. mm-hmm. the other aspect of that would be that the readers wouldn't have to buy two issues um, subscribed for Life Prince and Dialogue, but they could subscribe to one and get some of each. Some human interest stories, some poems, some of the things that we get in dialogue today. Well, the technology in particular and the student part, and also that huge column, what's new and where to get it, which is impossible for an individual who is visually impaired to know what are people uh, producing and selling for that's new for visually impaired. Well, even for visually impaired or not visually impaired, the thing about being blind is you don't know what they make. You don't know, you know, you don't know what sorts of gizmos you could you could use unless someone shows them to you. That's right. So Nolan, you, Nolan has done such a good job describing certain products, and we, we think that that's very important because of the fact too often in our society uh, the rehab folks and others believe that they should buy that equipment for us, the equipment, and then it stops there. Now, now we need the instruction. Yeah. Um, Nolan, are you still with us? I'm here. We haven't lost you. No, no. Tell us about your early days. As a, as a, what, is, what is your visual acuity? I'm totally blind. Totally? I was born uh, premature and have uh, retinopathy of prematurity, and so I've never seen. Um, I went to the Utah School for the Blind in Ogden, Utah, for the first uh, 10 years or so of my education. And did uh, public school concurrently toward the end. I would go to the public school part-time and then back to the school for the blind for the remainder of the day. And then eventually uh, just mainstreamed right into the regular public school system. So you lived in the same town that housed them? Yes, I did. So you were what we called a day student. We used to call a day student. Yep, that was me. Um, At at a huge sacrifice to my parents. They uh, sold a farm that they had several hundred miles away from the school for pennies on the dollar. And... uh, moved to the city where the school was. They moved there without jobs. Uh, my dad quickly found work, fortunately. But, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting time for all of us, and it certainly came as without, uh, certainly didn't come without a, a certain amount of sacrifice on their part, for which I'm grateful still. Um, have a degree in journalism from Brigham Young University uh, in Provo, Utah. Uh, actually, I guess technically a degree in communications, but it, it emphasized print journalism. And uh, I first and began You did that writing. at a time when you did it with Braille. Yeah, I did it with Braille and uh, uh, tapes. Uh, this was, uh, I ultimately got the degree in 1981. So there was no other way then? 
that's correct. Uh, the Opticon was was out there, and I did use that on the on the computer systems that the newspaper student newspaper used. And the reason I chose Brigham Young University at the time was that at the time it was the only uh, university in the state of Utah that offered an electronic newspaper editing system. It was a little ahead of the the other schools in that area, and I knew that the industry was going electronic. And I knew that as a, you know, here I am, this young blind kid, like you were talking about, 15 and unemployed. Well, I was 20 something, and realizing that if I was ever going to make it in the industry, I had to know the absolute latest uh, uh, electronic technology. So, um, and as it turned out, that was a wise choice. My first job in the industry was with uh, a newspaper called the Ogden Standard Examiner. And uh, it's now a Scripps Howard paper, I believe. At the time, it was family-owned, and it was uh, electronically edited. We we all did we did it all on computers, and this was the, the winter of 1982. So, um, as it turned out, I had made a pretty prescient uh, and wise decision. I think. Uh, you were far ahead of the rest of us. <laughs> and they hired little blind Nolan to work on their newspaper. They did, and I had done an internship for them while in college, and. Uh, in the summer of 1980, the managing editor called me at my home one day when I'd applied for this internship. He said, tell you what, I don't believe you can do this, really, but if you want to come in and sit down with my top-notch uh, copy desk person yeah. on the computer, um, we're going to have her teach it to you, and if you can figure out a way to make it work, then you got this internship. Well, but I but I, not, I, don't believe you can do this. Well, he, was, he didn't quite yeah. put it quite that bluntly. That I don't know how you can do this. That was how he put it. How many times have I heard that? I don't see how you can do this, but and uh, <clears throat> he actually turned out to be a pretty open-minded guy. As it turned out, he he was a, a tremendous individual to work for. Um, taught me a lot about the business. Would call me into the office and just sit down with me and talk about things uh, going on at the paper. And, and we developed a pretty good uh, rapport toward the end of that internship. He said, you have a job here waiting for you when you're out of college. And, of course, I was eager to say, yes, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you were way ahead of the rest of us on computers, right? <clears throat> well, I guess. I, I just I just knew that that was how the industry was going to go, and that's why I uh, elected to do what I did in terms of a college. And then eventually I went to Chicago and edited uh, the old Dialogue magazine, published under different management for a, for a period of time, and uh, have done some other work in uh, the newsletter, business newsletter writing arena. And uh, for nine years, did uh, the Braille Forum at ACB in Washington. So, so but Dialogue was at one time owned by somebody else. Yeah, which one of you? I'm going to tell that story here. Uh, Carol probably knows that story better than I do. Uh, Don Nold, N-O-L-D, was the founder of Dialogue 40 years ago in Berwyn, Illinois. And he was a lion when he lost his sight. He was a printer who happened to belong to a lion's club in Berwyn, Illinois. And uh, he asked the rehab people in Chicago, where is the magazine for the newly blind? And there wasn't one. This didn't all happen in a short period of time. He he became very depressed when he first lost his sight, and I think he kind of checked out for about three years or more before it came to him that he was going to have to get on with his life. So when there wasn't a magazine, he decided to start one. And it, it because the Lions uh, supported it at first, it was called The Talking Lion, and it only came out on a recorded uh, 
like the old disc records that came from the National Library uh-huh. Service. So anyway, he is the founder. He is deceased now. But in 1990, he asked, would I please consider taking it over and so it wouldn't stop because it was going to then. And I, uh, in a weak moment, said yes. And then now there we are. We're four, 40 years we have dialogue. In a weak moment, you said yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I was publishing live prints and teaching at that time, so it was pretty weak. So you didn't really need another job. No. <laughs> Wasn't really necessary. Let me just pause here for just a second and, and do a little something real quick, and we'll be right back with more of our Blind Like Me show in just a minute. You know, I've always had a keen interest in anything that promotes or applauds blind independence, or to be more politically correct, the independence of blind people. Uh, The reason for this is due to the fact that I know there's hundreds or even thousands of blind people who do things in their daily lives, either as hobbies or in the workplace, that are in direct conflict with their blindness, i.e. mountain climbing, uh, water skiing, snow skiing, horseback riding, bicycling. And so when I run across organizations or individuals that uh, that promote uh, uh, this type of thing, independence for blind folks, uh, I like to talk about it. And uh, the one we're talking about today is the Bay Area Association of Disabled Sailors. They have an acronym, B-A-A-D-S, BADS or BODS, whichever way you want to pronounce it. <clears throat> it's an interesting group. Uh, there's, they have over 100 members, and they offer instruction in all aspects of sailing. And uh, they even, in affiliation with the American Sailing Association, have adopted a plan whereby even blind people can receive their captain's certification, and it's called a certification with assistance, and they can, in fact, be captains of their own vessels. Uh, this group boasts at least a quarter of their members have this certification, and like I say, they are located in the San Francisco Bay Area, and they go on cruises, they even do racing, and uh uh, get people uh, oriented to sailing, especially uh, any type of disability or blind folks. And one interesting quote came out of this that I really liked. Uh, it's on their page. It said, and it's attributed to a disabled sailor. It says that sailing was the one thing he had ever gotten into that made him feel less disabled than anything else. Hey, that's on the blind side. I'm Don Patterson. On the blind side, answering questions. Nobody ask.
if you don't mind, let me take just a minute and uh, tell you about a little thing that we are trying to work up. Uh, it's a cruise, and it's kind of based around our Blind Handyman show that we've been doing now for a year. We thought this would be kind of a neat way to celebrate our, our, our year anniversary, because this we didn't... I don't know what we started out to do, but we've done 40. At this uh, at the time of the taping of this show, we've done 40-something, 40 46 uh, shows. By the way, let me apologize for not doing a new show this week. We didn't because our equipment is down, and there was no way we could. But uh, anyway, this cruise is coming up uh, in February. It begins, leaves New Orleans, February 29th. This is a leap year. 2004 is a leap year, and that's when we're going. 2004, February 29th, 2004, through March 7th. That will be Sunday through Sunday. So if you were a working person, you could uh, you could actually will be back in time for you to fly back to wherever you live uh, in plenty of time to go to work on Monday morning. And if you if you just took a week off, well, that would be just perfect. We have. Um, we have all the information available. We don't have it on a on a website. We have it if you if you want information. In just a minute, I'll give you an address that you can you can write me. Now, let me advise you. Surely, by the time this show runs, my email will be back up. My computer took a lightning hit, but I'm going to hook the laptop up and see if I can't get online this afternoon with that. But anyway, you can email me at at the blind like me address, which is blind like me, all one word, at txucom.net. That's T as in Tom, X as in X-ray, U as in Union, C-O-M. Nothing between those, just txucom. There's no dot between those. Uh, blind like me, all one word at txucom.net. Blind like me at txucom.net. If you don't want to do that, you can do philpar at txucom.net. It would be the same thing. It'll all come to the same address, and we'll send you the information about the cruise. And when you're ready to to uh, book, we'll give you our travel agent, and you can call Alicia and and book the cruise. We we need to get 30 people to go on this cruise to get the price that we're getting, and it's a good price. They gave us a, a discount. Uh, Carnival Cruise Lines gave us a discount there. Now, some people ask, if you're a previous Carnival sailor, do you get an additional discount? No, you don't. This is the one discount that they gave us, and uh, and it's it's a nice it's a nice savings. Um, remember that in this price we'll give you, everything is included, but we'll tell you about it. If you're interested, email me, and let's all go on a cruise. We're going to do try to do at least one Blind Like Me show while we're on the cruise and do a couple of Blind Handymans while we're on this cruise. Let's do some recording. And we have a room they've given us so we can fellowship and mix and mingle and get to meet each other. We've all, a lot of us have been on lists together. We have two lists going. We have a Blind Like Me list. We have a Blind Handyman list. We have a, a Cooking in the Dark list. And a lot, all of us have met via the list. So it's time to meet in person. Uh, anyway, email me at blindlikeme at txucom.net. That would be for the cruise or for any other information about the Blind Like Me show. If you'd like to be a guest on it, we'd love to have you. But we'd love to have you go on this cruise. It's a carnival cruise. It's on a big ship, a gigantic ship called the Conquest. It's a, about 900 feet long. It has four or five restaurants. It's a beautiful ship. We'll email you all the information if you'll email us at blindlikeme at txucom.net. Okay?
Carol McCall, both of uh, Seattle and both of Dialogue magazine, which uh, most of you have read, and you've probably read some things. Uh, Nolan has written some things. Carol has written, but you've never, never heard them speak. Well, we change that. We change that now. Both of them are here visiting with us. So, so Carol, you said in a minute ago, a minute ago, in a weak moment, you agreed to take this floundering magazine. Can I, if, I, if you don't mind me asking, why was it not doing well? What, what was the problem? He didn't. Man didn't have time, or what? Well, I, it had to do with the using of the finances, I believe. They had, at the time I took it over, I believe they had 11 employees, and um, perhaps it was uh, more than they could afford. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that would be the, the summary statement. And uh, it was a case of running out of money. The thing is they had been successful in 87 when they had... Ann Landers had put it in her column about dialogue, and um, when she did that, they made a bit of money, and I guess maybe they thought they'd have more coming. Anyway. Um, so it wasn't as successful as maybe they thought it was going to be. Well, day. it didn't continue to be. Ann, Ann Landers did something about dialogue? What a wonderful boost that was. She had been a longtime friend to uh, the, the company. She uh -huh. was familiar with it. Uh, through Don and through others there, and had supported it in times past prior to 1987 as well. The thing you've got to recognize with regard to the success of a venture like this is that it's very difficult to sell a grant-making organization on the premise that information is really crucial to a blind person. If I go to a grant-making company and say, we're going to widen this door so that that wheelchair can fit through it, uh -huh. they, get, they get that instantly. They okay. capture that. They, oh, yeah, oh, that makes sense. Sure, you, you, you want to do that. If I go to that same company and say, look, John Q. Blind Guy doesn't know, <clears throat> may not know how to uh, conduct himself as well as he might in a job interview, or he may not even know where to go look for a job in a certain field, unless I provide him inf that information through the pages of my magazine. Now, you you think, uh, Phil, you'd think that they'd grab that and that they'd run with it. Yes. But in reality, it's very difficult to sell the idea to a grant-making organization that information um, really is crucial to us. When, when they think of folks losing their vision, they think of the, the obvious stuff that doesn't really matter quite as much as, you, as, we, as they might think. Things like, oh, that poor guy can no longer see a sunset. Oh, gosh, he can no longer see a, a mountainscape. You know, the reality is where it hits your hardest, in some ways at least, is that you can no longer shove a quarter in the newspaper stand box and pull out your copy of the paper and skim the employment ads. Um, the information arena is where things really change for someone who's losing his sight. And I'm not trying to minimize those other things. I, I realize they matter. But, uh, boy, it's sometimes difficult to sell that concept to a foundation or a, a, a corporate. Well, I have just incorporated and am about to file for 501c3. Uh, we probably need to have a long talk. Uh, I'm not saying it can't uh, be done. Yeah. I'm, I'm just suggesting that, you know, people who assume that, that it's a, a real simple thing and that you just can roll in the millions, um, yeah. uh, they probably need to readjust that a little bit. Uh, well, I don't think that. Maybe I can get paid back for the money I spent. Anyway, that's that's another story. But So Ann Landers had this in her column, and the magazine wasn't successful. And Carol, you took it over lock, stock, and barrel. Did you, you didn't keep any of the former employees. You started 
over from scratch, well, I guess. They had already disposed of the former employers, oh. employees in Berwyn. I mean, they were let go one by one. So he was selling you the name, basically. The... Yeah, and the stuff. I got 72 boxes of stuff. Stuff? Yes. Yeah. And, including a mailing list, uh, half of which was were getting it free, getting the magazine free, at least half. And um, so it was like, it was a case of getting a, a list of uh, existing readers and then having to sort through that and and also uh, manuscripts that were in the mail that had been sent to be used in dialogue or be reviewed, and um, so that's how it started. And I had a I had a board that had a a president, a treasurer, and um, vice president, and that was about it at the time. But you were kind of set up to 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 do this sort of thing. I mean, you knew a little more than the average bear about magazine publishing. Well, I'd been through um, what what I was. I started the other one in 83, so I'd already been publishing for seven years, uh-huh. and uh, but with a very, very small budget and not being not paying anybody, so that's another approach. You to have to pay somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so you eventually, for, for a time you published both magazines, then you decided we'll combine the two, mm-hmm. and here we have dialogue, and this is 40 years, 43 years later, actually, right? Well, it's 40 years that dialogue has been in existence, and um, one of the problems occurred when I took it over in 1990 was that the various press went out that dialogue had closed, and everybody believed mm-hmm. that who read it, and so then we were really in trouble, and, and we're still, honestly, at this late date, last year, at, uh, didn't you hear that at a convention? Yep. I went to CSUN last year, and uh, dialogue, it's still out there? I thought that thing had closed down. And so we're still fighting this huge public relations battle uh, to convince the world that we never really did close down. That is uh, one of the problems with with uh, with the blind. I, I don't like the word blind community, but the blind populace with blind people. We don't all get our information from the same place, do we? Yeah. Well, and, and you're right. And sometimes, uh, well, it's that, that those information pools are are sometimes kind of shallow and not as diverse as, as we'd like. And so, and we do have a Blind Skills uh, website where people could find out all about us. That's but right. then again, maybe they're looking for dialogue or forgot to look for dialogue. Because your website doesn't, isn't, it doesn't say dialogue, it's Blind Skills. It? Mm-hmm. Well, by the time we, this show airs, we'll be on, uh, should be on Minnesota Radio Reading and, and In Touch. And also on ACB radio, so excellent. maybe excellent, excellent. That'll uh, that'll help some, not that it'll cure your woes, but maybe everybody. Dialogue is alive and well. How about yeah, that? Okay, I get it uh, every three months. That's right. Uh, is there ever? Um, this is a premature question. Is there ever a plan to make it a monthly magazine? <laughs> Did you hear the silence? Well, yeah, well, there was an amazing uh, silence there, wasn't there? <laughs> I was just deferring to her to the answer. I, I mean, I thought that was Nolan. As Nolan's comes here, he's he's an experienced journalist. He's going to get things going. It'll be, it'll be monthly for long. I would That's, love to see it happen that way. Yeah. Give you an answer, sure. It would be nice. And you, as I told Nolan, you're the only blind magazine without. Uh, of course, there's a Braille form. There's a there's a Ziegler magazine. There's a Braille monitor. Uh, there could be others, but you don't seem to have an agenda. You seem to be. 
uh, honestly attempting to serve uh, the blind people. Well, that's the the idea. It's a how-to. It very much uh, has to be in my uh, way of thinking. When I founded Blind Skills, it says blind skills mm-hmm. is what you need to know if you want to be a successful blind person. You didn't choose the blindness, but now we're going to help you with the skills. Equip you with the skills to be a yes. successful blind person. So, we don't have to have an agenda because we don't have a, a membership or we don't have the politics that's required in organizations, and it's easier to help that way. And the better part about it is, as well as those of us who write, many of them are the readers and others who just find us somehow. They just submit manuscripts, and it's visually impaired people talking to each other. So my definition of dialogue is it is a support group in writing. Yeah, I, I, you don't remember this, but you published an article I wrote about three years ago. Yes, I do remember. Oh, you do remember it. I, I, I built a building, yes, and I, I kept up with it. I thought someday somebody will want to do this, and they'll want to read how I did it. And so I wrote it and sent it to you, and sure enough, you published it. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll send you some other things also. And blind people should, if you, if, you, uh, if you can write, and everybody can. I mean, everybody's got a story. They should send... Uh, articles to you, and you even pay a small stipend for publishing, right? Yes. All right, well, give us the information then. Uh, where well, to send articles? And I know it's in the magazine, but uh, we assume that we have listeners who don't, don't receive the magazine. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. They can find our guidelines on the web under blindskills.com if they want to look there, or they can send for guidelines for writing. Uh, by calling our toll-free number at 800-860-4224 or writing to us at Blind Skills Incorporated. Blind Skills is one word. Post Office Box 5181, Salem, O-R, S-A-L-E-M, that is, Oregon, 97304-0181. And then an email if you wanted to submit an article in that manner. Yeah. You could send it to Blind Skills. Wait a minute. No, it's Bl- Blind SKL. Yeah, B L I N D S K L at teleport, dot com. That, that was, you did that back when they would only let you have eight characters in your email yes. address. Okay, right. well, they'll, they'll let you have more now. That's right. You can go change that. <laughs> So I got to, I got blind like me at txucom.net and they said nothing. That was fine. That's great. Yeah, they don't mind how long it is now, but I'm I mind how change how it changes on all your letterhead, etc. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, you've got thousands of those already already done. So that's right. Yeah. yeah. And so Nolan, you've been with Dialogue how long now? Since August of 2001. So we're coming up very rapidly on two years. Uh, on two years, and before that, you were with you were with ACB directly in New York, right? I have Washington D.C. for nine years, um, and then in between, I took a very brief uh, hiatus from the writing arena, and actually did some computer training, taught folks how in the state of Missouri how to use software and hardware for the state agency for the blind over there, and and enjoyed it. I mean, it's uh, it was a, it was a great place to live, and they're some really good people over there, but I found that I missed the writing arena a great deal and um, wanted to do more freelancing than I had the freedom to do uh, under that system. 
And so when this came available, I, I obviously saw it as a, a huge step forward and a great step in the right direction, and that's exactly what it has been. Where do you, the, you always have a couple of people in, in your magazine who are doing maybe not unusual things, but who are doing unusual things for blind people, and not, not that all blind people should do the same thing. You know where I'm coming from. Where do you, where do they, where do you get those people? Where do they, do they contact you, or how do you find out about them? A little of everything. Oftentimes they will contact us to get a free sample copy, which your listeners can do also, by the way. Oh, really? Um, absolutely. We'd be happy to send out a sample copy. Um, so in the process of talking to them, we'll sometimes just find out, well, by the way, you know, what do you do over there? <laughs> yeah. And, oh, well, I'm thus and such. And, and instantly the, you know, the old new, uh, nose for news starts to twitch, and we think, well, now there's a, there's a story. That's something that we could really work with. And so... Um, yeah, that's part of how we find them. Oftentimes, we'll we'll hear about it through third-party kinds of things. Uh, some of our narrators, or some of our readers, rather, will say, "I have a friend who who's doing thus and such," and mm -hmm. we'll learn about it that way. But basically, most of the dialogue articles are written by uh, blind people. They're written by uh, quite a few of them are written by blind people who just send in articles. Aren't Correct. They? A lot of it is freelance-driven. As it as it should be. So what a great thing if you're a, a young person or even an old person like me, and you want to, you're an inspiring writer. This would be a good way to get some of your writing judged free. Oh, it's an outstanding way to get clips. And if you've ever tried to freelance, one of the greatest obstacles to to being a really successful freelancer is that initially you may not have clips to 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 show to another editor when you query them for on another article. And we. Uh, we, I think it's safe to say that we do pride ourselves on working with writers on a variety of levels in an attempt to help them get those very clips that they will need to, to step up and move on to other projects. My wife has a degree in journalism. She is not writing now at the moment. She's a practicing attorney. Mm -hmm. But she has a degree in journalism, and I'm the only member of the family who's ever been published. It really hurts her. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. I guess it's not fair, but, uh, you know, it's a... Thing I bring up on occasion, not too often, of course, but uh, and the price of dialogue is is how much now? Now, what do you charge now? It's twenty eight dollars, and it is uh, for a, that's for legally blind people. Uh, some of the public don't quite understand that for sighted people, the cost for a subscription is forty, and that is because we have to put postage on those magazines when we mail them. We're for legally blind people, oh, yeah, and you're not. You can mail ours free matter. That's, That's right. And the, yeah. the weight of the large print magazines causes us to have to to pay enough that we charge the $40 for sighted people. And, and so that's why the change. It is available in cassette and braille, large print and computer disc. And Nolan will tell you one of the real advantages about the computer version. Yeah. All right. This is one that I'm kind of excited about, Phil. Um, we started in the with our winter edition of, um, I guess it was 2001 mm -hmm. or 02, was it? I'm not sure. Anyway, very recently we started a um, on our disc computer disc version of the magazine. We've actually taken the text copy and converted it to what I call uh, dialogue interactive, which means that it's it can be read with 
a web browser such as Internet Explorer. Okay. And so you'll bring up our main file called contents.html, and then there are what I call hot links or live links there in the contents uh, file to every story in that issue. And you simply tab, 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 and, and find the links and hit enter on them if you're a keyboard user. Okay, um, so you don't have to page up and down through the magazine. Correct, exactly. Wonderful. The other beauty is that as you're reading an article, if we mention somebody else's website, that link also is hot, and if you click on it, you'll go directly from our magazine right to that individual's website. Ah, wonderful. So I don't know that uh, at this point other magazines for the blind are doing that on their disc edition. A lot of them are doing it online. We chose to do it on the disc edition because uh, there are international readers who pay by the minute for their net connection, and if they can read us offline on disc, then they can click on the websites they want to visit and just uh, do that uh, online rather than have to look at us look at us online all the time. But so, can you can you be read online? I mean, you when you when not you... at present. Okay. We do have sample articles that they can can read online, but the whole, the entire content is not there uh, at this point online. So if I want to read it on my computer, you send me a disk. Correct. And uh, and I put it in and, and open it and there it is. That's correct. But it will, if I click on one of those links, it will open my Internet Explorer, and well, my Internet Explorer will be open. I'm reading it with Internet Explorer. Correct. It'll just connect to the Internet okay. for you, and if you if you have a dial-up, um, if you obviously have a cable or DSL connection, you're already on, and so you'll hit one of those links, and bingo, bango, you're taken immediately to that uh, that site. Well, that's a that's a good step, and also the being able to. Uh, to to page through or not ha to not have to page so you'll be able to just click through. That's right. And read the the. Uh, That's right. Because I go to where it is and where to get it or whatever you call it first. I always go there first. Yeah, what's known what's where to get it? Because I wanted I wanted do, I got to do that, and because I get my little my little hand recorder out. So I can get phone numbers and, you know, I may want to buy something because that's of most interest to me. The other beautiful part about it is if we have an email address, uh, that too is hot, and you hit the e that you click on that or hit enter on it, and your email pr uh, client opens up, and the address is already filled in of the person of the company to whom you want to write. Okay. Well, I, I, uh, they're changing our uh, other little magazine that I love, uh, the one the foundation does, called Access. Right. They're changing that to an online magazine. They are, and it's going to be free. They're going to give it away, aren't they? Yeah. I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is here, but I'm wondering. It's going to be online. You won't. I guess you can. You'll be able to probably download it though. But you're you're far ahead of them, aren't you? With well, them? in some regards, perhaps. Um, uh, the disk does also include the plain text file, so if you're not an Internet Explorer person and you just want to read it with your word processor, you can do that. There's also a Braille-ready file, so if you want to just shove it in there and do a quick and dirty emboss, we don't pretend to be a professional. It's not a professional trans translation. Um, we just do it quickly with Duxbury um, without a whole lot of tweaking. So, you you know, your emboss would get would be, like I say, quick and dirty. But you could. It's it's something you could do if you wanted to. But you, do you offer Braille edition? Yes. In other words, they wouldn't have to do that. They could oh, just no. order the Braille. They could order the Braille. Okay. But uh, but it's on the disc in the event that they have a Braille note or something and they want to just, you know, read it with yeah. that, they can do that. Of course, that's a big old heavy thing. They'll let you send that free matter, I guess, also, right? Yes, the Braille does go free matter. All right, let's take a just short break, and then we want to come back you... and give all the email addresses and the addresses again to how to... 
subscribe to the magazine, how to get the magazine, how to send articles, how to do all these things. We'll go over all that again, take a short break, back when we're blind like me in just a minute. And me and you. Our crack research team certifies screen reader friendly. Now with this week's blind site, here's Don Shaw. I just recently found out about a site I sure do like. If you're a curious person and you want to know how stuff works, you would need to go and visit HowStuffWorks.com. It's a great site. It covers all kinds of categories, everything from uh, computer-related type things. You know, if you've ever wondered, how does that hard drive work? Uh, what happens when that CD-ROM plays a CD? What really happens when I boot up that computer? All kinds of other categories, uh, auto-type uh, uh, category. If you need to know anything about your vehicle, your, your lawnmower, things like that science type things did you ever wonder how that microwave oven works lots of kitchen type things household type things it's just a great resource of well how stuff works i would give this site a screen reader friendliness rating of a eight if you want to take a look at this site go to triple w how stuff works that's triple w how stuff s-t-u-f-f Works, W-O-R-K-S, dot com. That's it for this time. Until next week, I'm Don Shaw. Keep on web sighting. If you found a screen reader-friendly website you'd like us to mention, send your email to blindlikeme, all one word, at txucom.net. And join us again next time for Blind Sights. Do you remember... Craig, confidential investigator. Adventure Box 13. Captain Midnight. The Cavalcade of America. Chandu. The magician. The incomparable Charlie Chan. The Cisco Tip. Dangerous assignment. Dimension X. Dragnet. old-time radio, point your browser to www.otrcat.com.
Radiohead.com. You'll find thousands of old-time radio shows just waiting for you, and the price is right. That's www.otrcat.com. From Amos and Andy to X-1, this is The Source. Far visiting with Carol McCarl and Nolan Crabb, both in your, you folks are in Seattle. Is that right? Oh, Salem, Oregon. Oh, Salem. Why do I keep saying Seattle? I think you're Bill Gates, don't I? What's my problem? Uh, in Salem, Oregon, and they publish, uh, edit and publish a four times per year. What is that called? It's called four times per year. Quarterly. It's quarterly. Thank you, Nolan. I'm old and blind. But uh, and uh, the, the magazine is called Dialogue, and if you don't take it, you should. It's a very informative magazine, a very uh, unpoliticized magazine, has no hidden agenda. It's uh, written, all written by blind people. It talks about blind people, and it will, if you are going through a bit of depression over being blind, uh, I would think it would inspire you by listening to some of the things that blind people are able to, to accomplish and do. And if you'll give us... Give us uh, the email address again. Give us the place to send articles, the, uh, all about subscribing, and all those things one more time. Go for it, Nolan. Okay. You can, you can get a free sample copy by contacting us on our toll-free number, <clears throat> which is 800-860-4224. Quickly again, 800-860-4224. You can also, at that point in time, on that same phone line, ask for a copy of our freelance guidelines if you want to submit a story, an article. Um, you can send us email to blindskl, that's B as in Bravo, L-I-N as in November, D as in Delta, S as in Sierra, K-L, blindskl, at teleport, that's T-E-L-E, P is in Papa O-R-T dot com. Um, we again can send you a sample copy, uh, not in, in email, but in large print, in braille, in cassette, or on diskette. Right. Um, you may write to us at Blind Skills Incorporated. Blind Skills, again, is one word. P.O. Box 5181, Salem, S-A-L-E-M, Oregon, 97304-0181. And lastly, you may visit our website at www.blindskills, all spelled out in all one word, blindskills.com. And the website has the address and phone numbers on it as well, in case you forget uh, all this good stuff we've just given you. And has, uh, did you say some sample articles also? It does for a fact, and it also includes the freelance submission guidelines. It has um, lots of links for to other organizations and vendors and um, Braille, Braille-related links, uh, people who produce Braille, any number of things. It's a, a fairly comprehensive site, really. And we have a couple of other products that 
we uh, have available at Blind Skills, and one is a cookbook, which is available in large print or braille, and it's called Connie's Kitchen. It's a compilation of 10 years of a columnist we had, Connie Whedon, uh, and it has methods in it as well as recipes. And then for people who are just losing sight, we have a cassette we give to anyone who can have use of it. It's called Where Do I Go From Here? And it's just to begin helping somebody, what are they going to do now? One of our columns in the magazine is, is quarterly is called Transitions, and it does deal with people just starting to lose sight and their uh, feelings about it and how they dealt with it or didn't and so on. You know, see, there's something you couldn't, if, 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 if everybody knew about that, you couldn't keep enough of them. That's right. There, people are, are, I read the statistics the other day on how many people go blind or lose their, become legally blind or lose their eyesight every day, and it's staggering. Uh, if, if everybody knew about that, you, you, couldn't, uh, you couldn't make up enough of those. Send me one of those, and, I, and let me listen to it. And, uh, okay. The Where Do I Go From Here is on cassette and can be played at any uh, the, the regular speed on any machine. Okay. With it is a print uh, brochure called Promises to Keep, which is for the family members or acquaintances of this person who, are, who is losing sight. And it gives them tips on uh, assisting that vision loss person to keep his dignity and so on. Yeah, that's, uh, that could be a big help. I, I know a fellow who just went blind. I did not know about this. I would have gotten one for him. And that's a free. Yes, it is. Uh, but then the cost of the magazine is, th is $28 a year for legally blind people yes. in any form. Correct. Braille, uh, computer disc or cassette or whatever you want. Large print, uh -huh. okay. The large print is 18 points. So that's, and that's plenty large, isn't it? That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Nolan and I couldn't read it, but... Uh, that's uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> or I. <laughs> well, you both had uh, seemingly interesting lives and been successful at, at uh, what you did, and all of both of you have done several things, and uh, we hope that maybe this will help folks understand that dialogue is alive and well. Thank you. Hey, don't forget about our cruise. If you get a chance, email us. We'll give you all the information. Blindlikeme at txucom.net. We'll tell you all about it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for The Blind Handyman, followed by Blind Like Me. Bye-bye, everybody. Remember, blindness, it's not a handicap. It's just an inconvenience.